Thanks, worship team. That was great worshiping together, wasn't it? Well, good morning. How are we doing this morning? Some of us a little better than others? We'll get to that in a moment. Um, we're starting a new sermon series called The We Factor. For the next five weeks, Pastor Aaron talked about it. For the next five weeks, we are going to be talking about the we factor. And so what is the we factor? Thankfully, the Oilers won last night, so I could use this illustration. No, to be serious, it did work, actually. There is a McDavid factor, isn't there? He played awesome last night. They played great, and we do have to celebrate victories when they happen. And uh, it's great to see some evidence of that today. Um, some of us that have been cheering for them for a while, it's you know, good to see them have a win. And, and that, there could be a Goudreau factor tonight. I don't know. We'll see if the Flames can pull it off and we can see a Battle of Alberta. That'd be kind of hard on the heart. Um, anyway, there is a McDavid factor. Played awesome. There are other factors that we throw around. Okay, if you're big into food, and I know some of you are really foodie people and there's a, you know, there's a special ingredient that you put in your food that is just, it, so maybe it's garlic, and so there's the garlic factor, or it's uh, maybe a balsamic vinegar, or I'm not, a, I can tell, I don't know much about food, but I like to eat food. Um, and so there's, this, there's this, this element of this food factor in there that's, that's an ingredient factor that um, makes a difference when it's in there, right? Just like McDavid made a difference last night, uh, there's a, a difference in this certain ingredient in some kind of food. There is. And when we talk about some people, right? Here at UDAC, there is some uh, factors, people here, like Pastor Aaron. There's an, an Aaron factor in our church, right? Or Reverend Scott Dixon factor. He's not here to wait for the week. Um, there's others. Ronnie Bowles over here wearing his nice Oilers jersey. That's great. We have the Ron Bowles factor in our church. There's other people that, that make an impact, that influence our, uh, our place, right? There is uh, different things, uh, different elements when we talk about uh, some kind of factor. When I mention all, any of these factors, I'm sure different things come to your mind, whether it's the McDavid factor or the uh, Aaron Moore factor or the Bulls factor. I mean, actually, there's Bulls on the stage. There's Bulls in front. There's lots of Bulls around here this morning. Uh, there is a Bulls factor here in our church. And um, what is the power, the influence of these different things when I mention it, right? When I mention the we factor, we are talking about community. And over the next five weeks, we are going to be talking about this important element within our church. And uh, when we were sitting down and talking about what COVID has done to community, and we all know it's taken a hit. Community has taken a hit on because of COVID, hasn't it? We've had to go into restrictions. We've had to shut things down. We've done all these things. We're not here to argue about whether it was right or wrong. The point is, community has taken a hit. And so we're going to address that over the next five weeks and talk about it and lean into this called the we factor. Today, this message is entitled, Community is Spelt with Unity. That's a cool little element in there, don't you see? You cannot have community without unity at the heart and what does it look like to have unity as a church? That little word, unity, is tucked in that word, community, I think for a reason. 
it's really important. And it's really important here in our church as we talk about UDAC and having unity here. Unity is all through the Bible, and especially in the New Testament, speaking to the early church. Um, do a search, Google search, and search up unity in the Bible, and there's reams of passages, especially in the New Testament, referring and talking about this important characteristic within the church called unity. And in fact, if you do a, um, a definition of community, if you look at it, um, it's a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. And then they list a whole bunch of words that are similar, like group and body and band, a gang, a bunch. A feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. The sense of community that, that organized religion can provide. Go figure. There it is right there. It's in there. Uh, and that's pretty cool. Um... So anyway, if you look at the different passages of Scripture, one I'm going to pick out this morning. That we're... Okay, you can just be quiet. Uh, that's weird. Don't you love it when your phone talks to you and you didn't ask it anything? We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4. So if you have Bibles, you can turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. And this is the Apostle Paul uh, writing a letter to the church in Ephesus. This new church, uh, young believers in Ephesus. And I'm going to read uh, the first 13 verses for us. And as I read, I want you to listen or read along, and I want you to pick out the different things, listen for the different things that speak to this element of unity. Whether it's the actual word or whether it's the, um, the essence or, or it refers to some kind of element of unity, okay? So let's, uh, let me read. I'm going to read just the first 13 verses. Therefore... And right before this, um, Paul is talking about a spiritual growth uh, for us. And, and then he goes, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to, live, uh, to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that he says, he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. 
This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. There's a lot in that passage alone. And if you were to go back over that and sit in that little passage, those 13 verses, there's a lot. We could probably do a whole sermon series just in there. There's a lot to take in there. Paul starts off reminding us to lead a life worthy of our calling. We have all been called by Pastor Brian. No, by Pastor Scott. By who? By God the creator of the universe, the one who breathed the word and those mountain ranges to the west were formed. This is the one who has called you and me. Okay, that's, that, that's really important. That in itself is a message. God has called you. Then Paul lists off several things that really are at the heart of unity. He says, always, always be humble and gentle, be patient, and make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Let's read that again. Always be humble. Always be gentle. Always be patient. And always make allowance for each other's faults. All of this is at the heart of unity of being unified, isn't it? And again, this little section could be a sermon in itself. And it's why? Because of our love. Our love for each other, our love for Christ, our love for the church, our love for the world. Love is at the heart of all that. But then he goes on uh, and says much more, starting in verse 3. Make every effort to keep yourselves unified in the Spirit, binding yourselves together in peace. There's a few key words in this verse alone. The first key word is effort. This means take some time. This, this means that it will take some time and some effort. Okay? Make every effort to keep yourselves united. United in what? And here's the second key word, in the spirit. Not united with the Oilers, as good as they are. That's not what we're here for. United in the spirit. First, we are to make every effort, that is to do whatever we can to stay united in the spirit, in the spirit of God. What does it look like to be united in the spirit? And that causes us to pause and go, let me think. What is it that God is all about? What is at the heart of who God is? That is what we are to be unified in. As we all lean into God and his word, we will align with his spirit on the things that he is all about. That's what this is about. Paul continues with, um, as we are united in the Spirit, it produces a binding agent called peace. 
And that's another key word, peace. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding together with peace. Peace is the byproduct of unity with God's Spirit. I love all that. I love to just sit and reflect and meditate just on that little section alone, and it'll remind us of how we are uh, the we factor, if you will, in this, and how that makes a difference when we are doing just this alone. So as we focus on the things that God is about, like the great commandment to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, that's like, that's loving God way in, like huge, right? Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love, the second one, to love your neighbor. Love those around us. Love God, love others. That's what God is all about. Or as we focus on the great commission that, is, that Jesus left for us in Matthew 28, and that is to go out and make disciples of all nations. Peace will flow through us. As we lean into those things that, are about, that, are, that the Spirit of God is about, peace will flow through us. These are the things that are at the heart of the Spirit of God, who He Himself models and exemplifies. He goes on to say, There is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father, uh, of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. There is unity in being in community as we all lean into just what we've been talking about. And I remind you um, that Paul says, make every effort. So we are not to be just sitting passively by in church. And this might make some of us a little uncomfortable. But we're not. I mean, we have our online service, which is awesome. And we we will continue to serve our online ministry. But for some, we are encouraging everyone to get back in the building, to be together, to be in community. That's why we're doing a potluck today. That's why we're doing the name tag Sunday. I took mine off for a few minutes. But that's why we're doing name tags so that we can be together and and know each other and and, and be doing this together. Make every effort. Paul touches on the gifts of the Spirit that God gives to just a few select people. No. Paul touches on the Spirit, the spiritual gifts that he gives to everyone, all. Paul mentions a few here. Verse 11, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Then verse 12, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. These gifts here really focus on leadership and teaching within the church, and we know that this is not a complete list of the spiritual gifts. But I like how he uses the image of the body. And he doesn't only use it here. He uses it in other passages of Scripture as well. 
in his other letters that he's used. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, where Paul talks about spiritual gifts. He uses that same, um, the human body as a metaphor in all these places. Let me take a quick look um, at the Romans 12 passage. Um, And it refers, again, like I said, to the body as a metaphor, the body of Christ, just like he did in Ephesians 4 here. The image of being unified as one body with with all different parts. And a body cannot function well unless there is complete unity. And this is the same for the body of Christ. We have to be unified. We have to be together. Romans 12, um, starting at verse 4. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, the church. We are many parts of one body, we all, uh, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encourage, is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love, he says, and it goes on, really love. Again, the body of Christ, Paul refers to here. But uh, the, the couple of verses, the three verses before, are really important too in this Romans 12 passage. As he focuses in on us personally, our individual responsibility as, a leap, as being a holy and living sacrifice to God. He goes on to say that we're not to copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but to be transformed into a new person. He's, he's focusing in on our, our, our personal responsibility here, individual responsibility. And as we change into this new person, we'll begin to know God's will for us, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It's really good stuff. And then he goes into this body of Christ. As we reflect personally, then he talks about the corporate body. He focuses on being part of the body, this unified, this one body of Christ. So do you get the picture of what Paul is telling us when it comes to being unified? Make every effort to be unified in the spirit as the body of Christ. With all these parts... Let's just stop and look around and look at all the body, the, the body of Christ around us. Look beside you. You can look around. Look behind you. Look up top. This is the body of Christ sitting right here amongst us. And I know you folks online maybe don't get the full perspective, but there's, I don't know, 200 and I don't know, some here this morning. This is UDAC. Okay. Um, and there's numbers that we don't even see here this morning, okay, that are serving even as we speak. We saw the worship team that was up here a few minutes ago that was serving uh, in our kids' zone, in the 
Kids Zone area, they're serving right now to help our kids to know, love, and serve Jesus. That's the body of Christ working over there right now. Or there's our tech team up there at the table back there, Cole and Sam, and there's a team up in our production online suite up there that are serving uh, and doing their thing. Pastor Aaron is online uh, hosting and connecting with those that wish to connect online. All are working, serving together as the body of Christ. And again, these are just a few of us right now. And I know there's many of you, us, that are serving in so many different ways around our church, being the body of Christ. Whether you're taking your, your, your role and your, your gifting of, of a prayer warrior and praying for the, really praying and lean into the heart of the ministries at UDAC and people, or whether you're a teller or a kid's own leader or a small group leader or a men's leader or whatever it is, God is using all of us in our, in our giftings. Many that serve behind the scenes that no one ever sees except God. This is the body of Christ, being and functioning as the body of Christ. And there is a we factor as we are unified in the Spirit. There really is. And then if you go back to the Ephesians 4 passage and then you jump down a couple verses, I really love verse 16. Verse 16, as it finishes this off, it does it so well. He says, He, God, that is, makes the whole body fit together perfectly. God fits us all together perfectly. Isn't that awesome? That's a picture of unity right there. As each party goes on, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts, what? To grow so that the whole body is what? Healthy and growing and full of love. So God fits us all together perfectly, unified in the Spirit of God. And as each part's doing its thing, we help each other grow. We grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's really cool. What a great picture of unity in the Spirit of God is the body of Christ. This is the we factor. The body of Christ working together in unity, doing what he has entrusted for all of us to do. Not just a select few. Not just those that kind of, it's for all of us. So I want to try something here this morning to illustrate the, the we factor. We're going to shut all the lights off in the uh, auditorium. And you need to get your cell phones out because um, you need your cell phones. And because um, you need to find the, um, your, your flashlight on your, on your cell phone. And um, once all the lights are out, you got your cell phones out? Everyone's good to go? Okay, we're good. We can shut everything off. We're going to turn that thing black. Okay. So we're, don't turn your lights on yet. No, hey, you guys are just way too fast here. First, we need to remember, get a picture of the darkness of this world. We live in a broken world where there is darkness. There is. And when uh, the power of one light, now hopefully the online guys can appreciate this 
But now there's one light. And there, there's, there's something there. There's, there's power, there's influence, there's, there's a cool element when just one person lights the lamp, if you will, doing their thing, what they're supposed to do. Now turn all your lights on, your, your uh, flashlights. and Hold them up. You know what? We should just do church like this because <laughs> we could save a lot of power. Isn't this cool? Look around, folks. Look around. Oh, this thing's talking to me again. This is really cool to see. This is the we factor. Aaron and I were talking about this illustration earlier in the week, and, uh, and we came up with this idea. And I don't know if we're going to do Maybe we're going to do this every week for the next five weeks to get us to look at the, the element, the power of the we factor. You can put your phones down. And we can turn the lights back up. What a great image, folks. It's pretty cool to see. And it kind of gives you the warm fuzzies, whatever. But at the end of the day, the picture that I want us to see is, is that when we are all in this, there is a we factor. There is power and influence in our community, in this dark world that we live in. There is a we factor, and we want the world to know that UDAC has a factor in this community and will make a difference for the kingdom of God. But we have to be unified in the spirit. So, the worship team's here. We're going to close our service in a moment. But let me just ask a couple questions. First, where are you at with God? Because at the end of the day, this is what's most important. It's not just about shining our flashlight. It's about allowing God to work in us and through us. And so where are you at in your own personal relationship with Jesus? Maybe, you're, maybe you haven't even crossed the line of faith yet, and you need to stop this morning and go, what does it look like to be a real true follower of Jesus? And if that's the case, don't leave this morning until you've talked with myself or uh, one of our elders will be up here and would love to talk and pray with you or one of our other leaders would love to talk that through. Or maybe you're here and it's time to replant your flag for Jesus and go, yeah, I'm kind of lukewarm and I'm just kind of neutral in where God is at in my life and I, I, need to, I need to kind of recommit myself and get all in on what God is doing. And I'm guessing there is a few of us that maybe are in that place. That we need to replant the flag for Jesus and go, I am all in. And I want to be a part of this we factor here at UDAC and in the body of Christ. And if that's you, then don't go running off to the potluck until you come forward and talk and, and pray about just that. Okay, And if you're wondering what this looks like for you, then you need to have that conversation. These aren't just fun words for us this morning. This is really serious stuff for us. If we really want to have a we factor, a UDAC factor in our church with each other and with the world, it takes us all. It can't be just a few select people that are good with people and know how to talk. No, it takes us all doing all the different things, whether it's 
way behind the scenes doing different things or way out front up here like this. It takes us all doing what God has entrusted and gifted us to do. And then it's exciting to see the work of God, the hand of God working in us and through us. And so we're going to sing this song, Fill Us, um, right? And uh, because that's what it, it's going to take. And so as we sing this song, sing it, inviting Jesus to fill you and to lead you into those next steps this morning.